This is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employee Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Hello, Fun Employed friends. This is Jana Hall, and you're listening to another episode of the Forever Fun Employed Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I don't know why I'm nervous. Like, I feel like this is the fifth episode, sixth, I'm not sure, but (laughs) I've done enough of these to not be nervous, but I did a million, a million sound checks, Um, and I just realized that it was just me being nervous to press record, but whatever, we're here, and um, I kind of wanted to just hop on really quickly and just recap this year. Um... Or maybe even the decade. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. I have some notes. um, And so you'll have to forgive me if I get tripped up because I don't usually have notes. I'm usually good at just running my mouth. But I wanted to make sure that I got some key points down uh, when reflecting about, you know, this year, this decade and all that it's brought. I think that we're at a really good place um, to just do some really good reflecting on the lessons that we've learned and things we need to take with us to 2020. Um, For me, you guys know from the um, Journey to Fun Employed podcast that my um, career has been full of twists and turns, um, risks, leaps, uh, mistakes, all of those things. Um, But I think that what's most important, no matter what career I ended up in or what my role is now, I think what's most important beyond any of that are the lessons that I learned um, because I really wanted to make sure that um, I wasn't just caught up in having all these experiences, but I wanted to really be intentional about making sure that I knew um, what I was gaining from all these things. You know, this isn't a failure, it's a lesson. Or, you know, if it was a success, then what are some key things that help me um, earn the success? And so what are those you know, things, themes, thought patterns, um, whatever that I can you know, take from this success and apply that to the next thing that I do so that I'll be successful there? So uh, I really wanted to just make sure that um, I was being intentional about how I move into the next decade. And with, for that, it meant really pulling in... Um, the biggest lessons. And so not sure how many I have, I think maybe eight, um, but let's just get into it. So the first lesson, and these are not in any particular order, none is more important than the other. The first lesson that I have had to learn this year and pretty much all of this decade is to show up as my authentic self always. Um, And that's advice to you too. Show up as your authentic self always. Um, What I've learned is that the world needs you. The world needs your voice, your quirkiness, your perspective, your awkwardness, your boldness, whatever that is. We need you. I think that it's easy, or for speaking to my own personal experience, you know, growing up, I was told that I was too this or too that. Um, 
And I began to kind of figure out how I could move through the world in a way that appeased most people. Um, I was naturally bubbly. Um, Some people wrote that off as me being kind of, um, I can't think of the word, vapid maybe, or just ditzy, um, not smart. And so I wanted to kind of uh, mute myself in a way. Uh, Didn't want to be as bubbly. Um, just, just wasn't sure, um, what version of me I should be. Um, a lot of people, especially in high school, because I was the kind of person who had a lot of friends and different type of friends and I'm still that way now, but I think I was an easy target growing up. Um, cause people were like, oh, there's no way she's that nice. So she must be fake. Um, and so I kind of, I, I, in a way became insecure of that, Um, And so as I've grown and especially this year or in the past few years that I've really been working on my career here in Richmond, um, I've really learned that, you know, the ability to connect, the ability to be my authentic self um, and, you know, see the best and honor the best parts of myself allowed me to see the best in others and honor the best in others. And so I've been able to make great connections with people, not because we necessarily have a lot of things in common, but because I can see the best in them and that attracts me to them. And so um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, it's been my ability to connect with different groups of people that it has allowed me to uh, widen my perspective, widen my network, um, allow me to constantly grow and push myself in areas um, that I never would have had seen growth in. Um, it's me being my authentic self um, and, really forcing myself to push past what was uncomfortable. Um, that uncomfortableness being, um, you know, not fully feeling like I'm walking in the fullness of who I am. Um, I had to, I had to break past being perceived incorrectly by people and just show up exactly as I am. Um, there's a quote that I love called go the way your, it was by James Baldwin. It says, go the way your blood beats. If you don't live the only life you have, you won't live some other life. You won't live any life at all. And so, you know, that not only applies to following your dreams, but also in showing up as your true self. Um, and that's something that I'm, I feel comfortable doing now more more than before. Um, you know, having social anxiety or having, you know, just being kind of um, insecure about who you are, I think um, allows you to lose yourself. But the world needs you exactly how you are. There are so many people in this world and we all can't be the same. Um, and so no matter how you may be perceived or maybe how, you know, what people say about you, that's none of your business. You can't take it personally. The only thing you can do is show up as your full self because we deserve it. We need it. The world needs you. We need your perspective. Um, and so that the number one lesson for me would be Um, show up as your authentic self always. Um, Number two, the next one, and this kind of flows uh, from number one. You know, I've always been a connector. I've connected with a lot of different groups of people. Um, But the number two thing that I've learned this decade or this year, um, actually, this is a decade one, the power of loose connections. I read a book when I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe 24. 
Um, when I was living in New York, there's a book called um, The Defining Decade, Why Your 20s Matter and How to Make the Most of Them by Dr. Meg J. I believe is her name. Um, and she is basically a therapist who works with millennials. And so she takes these common themes of love, relationship, work, friendships, family, and she looks at these things that people in the millennial category typically deal with or people in their 20s typically deal with. Um, And one of the big things that she um, gathered was that when people stay within their comfort zone, you have all the same friends, like you've, you know, you've been friends with them and they're all you hang out with and they're, you know, that's, that's really all you associate yourself with. You're so limited in how far you can go because you're surrounded, you're surrounded by people who think like you, who do the same things as you, who go to the same places as you, who probably believe a lot of the same things that you believe. And, there's really not much opportunity for you to be challenged and for you to be stretched and for you to grow. And so after I read that book, I really wanted to make sure that I kept loose connections um, in mind and everything I did, you know, not necessarily wanting to be friends with everyone, but again, going back to seeing the best in people, Um, you know, you may be in a different industry than I am. You may roll with a different group of people. You may be the totally different type of person that I would ever see myself hanging with. Um, but I can see something in you that allows me to connect with you on some level. And so then that's a relationship worth nurturing, whether it's, you know, checking in every now and then following on social media and engaging with their things regularly. Excuse me. Um, you know, there's just so many ways to, to nurture loose connections. I think that we, you know, so often go to the networking events or social events and we just, you know, we grab a business card and we never see them again. Um, but in my personal life, um, you know, whether it's my backpacking trip or my cross country trip, you know, loose connections helped me kind of go places in life that I never would have imagined. For example, going cross country. You know, we didn't pay for lodging in any of the cities we stayed in when we drove, when we, when my best friend and I drove cross country because we had people in every state that we went to. It was a week-long trip. We went to about 14 different cities and we stayed with people every time. Um, and they weren't necessarily BFFs. They weren't people we went to, you know, that I knew from school or whatever, but they were just friends that we had kept in contact with that we knew. And that really allowed us to have a great experience (laughs) for cheap. And so, um, that's just an instance in the personal life, but professionally, I can just think of so many different times that I've connected with someone and, you know, maybe, um, promise to stay in touch. And, you know, usually when I go to social events, I don't like to exchange business cards. I'm always like, give me your Instagram, because I think that's a more authentic way to stay connected with someone. Um, You'll be much more top of mind uh, if I'm seeing you post regularly or if I come across your face. I see your face. I see what you're doing. I've gotten so many, um, you know, connections with clients through someone that I've met one time who followed me on social media. And then because they're seeing what I'm doing all the time, they're seeing me post on top of mine. And so they throw an opportunity my way. And so someone could come to me and be like, Hey, I was referred to you by X, Y, Z person. 
whole time XYZ person is someone that I've only met one time. And so I think that we, you know, need not disregard people who we just know in passing. Um, I think we need to invest more in people um, and, and get out of our comfort zone. Don't just be stuck in what you know and who you know. I know it's a safe place. Um, and, you know, I think of um, a young lady, Lex. Hi, if you're listening, Lex. She DM'd me um, a couple weeks ago talking about her fun employed journey. And we had a fun employed pop up happy hour last week. And she showed up and she was by herself and she wanted to come come with a mutual friend. Um, but said friend backed out at the last minute. And so she was like, I was going to um, just go home because I wanted the buffer, but then I decided to just push past and just do it anyway and come anyway. And we had the most incredible time, the greatest conversations, and she was able to connect and work the room on her own, really walking in the fullness of who she is and you know asking meaningful questions. And so those are just a bunch of loose connections that she made all because she decided to break out of what was comfortable and really step in, you know, and just just see what would happen if she just took the leap to um, to work the room on her own. And it was great. And so that's the thing I'm talking about when I say loose connections. You don't have to be BFFs with people, but you should always um, see the importance in keeping in touch with people because you never know where that can lead, friendships, business, otherwise. <clears throat> And on the same vein, um, another lesson that I've learned, lesson number three, build a tribe of people who serve you in different ways. Um, As I built friendships this decade, this year, the past few years, um, I had to accept that not every friend will serve me in the same way. Not every friend um, can give me sound relationship advice. Not every friend can give me sound friendship advice. (laughs) Not every friend can be the one to hold me accountable. They can't, you know, some friends aren't the best people that I would get my business advice from. Um, But every friendship serves me in a different way. And I make sure to serve them as best I can in in the way that I see that they need me to serve them. And so I think that, again, going back to this idea of you want to just have the same core group of people around you all the time, um, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do when it comes to being a well-rounded person. I think you should have different people, whether they are loose connections or closer friends or whatever, who pour into you in different ways. You know, there are some people who I would have never thought that we'd become friends, but because we're able to connect on a business, um, in the, you know, on a business lens, I think that our friendship has blossomed because I have someone who I can relate to in that way. Um, and so, like I said, I have friends that I go to for relationship advice, friends I go to for business advice, friends who I have that keep me in check, people who know me at my core and don't care what I do, don't, they don't care, you know, where I've been, they just care about me at my core. And they're like, girl, you tripping. This isn't, this isn't you. You need to get it together. Like people who check you, people who can, who can read you, um, not in the read, like tell you off, but, uh, (laughs) friends who can read your energy and tell when you're off. Um, I can, you know, I have friends who, if I'm texting a certain way, they're like, girl, what's going on? What's wrong? Um, and then I have, you know, the friends that 
they know I have anxiety. And so if something's going on in my life, they know to check up on me a little bit more because they know that I'm probably stressing out. Um, and so, you know, recognize the strengths and the people around you. Everyone has different strengths and, and look and see, you know, where they thrive the best. It's unfair for someone to demand of you, um, what you're incapable of giving and then deeming you a failure as a friend. And I think a lot of times when someone doesn't serve us in the exact way we want them to, we just throw them out when in reality we can see, you know, what do I need that they can offer me? You know, it may not be relationship advice, but maybe they can help me hold myself accountable to achieve things that I want to achieve. Um, and so I think as I've kind of navigated through friendships and I have learned how to be a friend, I've also learned how to value the strengths and see the strengths and honor the strengths that other people bring to the table. Um, and so that would be um, the biggest advice I have um, when it comes to that is make sure you build a tribe of people who serve you in different ways. Um, <clears throat> next, use your voice. Um, this is one that, uh, hasn't always been easy for me, um, to use my voice. I am a people pleaser. I am someone who gets, um, I have gotten, um, I guess a little weary about, um, making other people mad. I don't, I like to, <laughs> I like to make sure everyone's good. Um, and so sometimes that means that I will just fall back and just not care about certain things when in reality, my perspective is needed and important. Um, and so, you know, I realize that I'm doing, I'm doing myself and others a disservice when I don't say what's on my mind. I don't, when I'm not calm, I mean, sorry, when I'm not, um, what's the word for it? Uh, you know, you have to be kind, but be assertive. And I think my leak used a really good term, radical candor, I think is what it was. And it's like, it's not about being so honest that you hurt someone's feelings. You don't have to be that truthful or that honest and brass brash. Um, but it's more so about, you know, <clears throat> being kind, doing the right thing, being kind and being honest and being forthcoming and, and being helpful with your words. And so I realized that, you know, just because I have an opinion that may differ from other people's doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve to be heard. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm, if I sound distracted, I am because I wanted to pull up, um, an excerpt from a speech that, um, I gave in February. I did a keynote speech at my alma mater, JMU, and um, I talk about this idea of being bold. And at the time, I was going through something, um, a very pivotal time in my career. This was earlier this year when a client and I parted ways um, because I wasn't, we had different visions of how things needed to go. And I had been doing things, you know, this particular way and had seen great success. And I wanted it to continue. Um, but we just, there was a, there was a difference of opinion. And so we ended up parting ways. And so it's so funny because I was kind of struggling with like, oh, I shouldn't have used my voice in that way. I shouldn't, I should have just been quiet, head down, do my work. Um, but the reality is that I am a passionate person and I do have to take the risk of rubbing people the wrong way or not pleasing everyone, uh, if it means speaking my truth. And so 
<clears throat> literally a couple of days before my contract was set to end, I had to do this keynote speech and I'd never done it before. And so, um, I, I just want to write, I just want to read to you all an excerpt of, um, of what I, what I said in the speech. It was for a black girls rock, um, gala. A lot of this world won't be ready for what you're about to bring black girl, bring it anyway. They won't be ready for your passion, your strength, your wisdom. Bring it anyway, black girl. They'll try to silence your dissension, dissent anyway. We're often told that we can't bring our full self to work, to class, to relationships, to the world. Bring it anyway. Because what our fellow black girls are often waiting for is a green light. A green light to be, to feel, to have an opinion and voice it. The world wants you to feel like who you are is too much and the diet version of you is much more palatable. They'll encourage you to get used to prioritizing everyone else's comfort over your own, that your integrity has a price or an exchange rate, that compromise will be the saddest crow. Quo. We're barrier breakers. We don't conform. We are movers and shakers who aren't interested in making others comfortable by silencing ourselves. And we're combating the imposter syndrome, the baggage, and the insecurity. We're black. We're outspoken, we're leaders, and we're determined to make a change. So don't just be, be bold. And so I think this was me kind of preaching to myself because in this moment, I needed to know that it was okay to use my voice, even though the end result wasn't favorable or so I th it wasn't the desired result. Um, but, you know, I even get like teary thinking about it because so many of us are used to not speaking up for whatever reason. Um, we're, we don't want to be labeled anything. We do, if we're, you know, we don't want to be the angry black girl. We don't want to be difficult, whatever the case, but we have a responsibility to ourself, um, to other people who may be watching. Um, we have a responsibility to use our voice. And so the biggest lesson I learned this year um, in this decade, but more so recently because I've always been afraid to really to really speak up. Um, use your voice. It's needed. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the next one, and I've kind of gotten, uh, I don't know if this is four, five, five. I don't know. We're, we're off. But the next one, <laughs> apologize without excuse. Uh, there's a book that I read, um, <clears throat> I think it was last year, two years ago, called um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And it's basically, the book is basically, um, it's about interpersonal relationships. And it talks about, the whole premise of the book is at a certain point in your career, how high you go isn't really based on your skill set. It's really based on interpersonal relationships um, and how you interact with people in the workplace, how, what your leadership style is. It's not really about um, how much you know in that particular field. I mean, that's why we have freaking executives making six figures who don't know how to open a PDF or don't know how to save a PDF as anything else or can't export. Like, the simple things. Um, and we're always like, how do they get in this position and why are they asking me to do things that like they should be doing because they're making double what I'm making? Um, it's because at a certain point, it's about interpersonal skills. Um, but one of those skills that he talks about in the, the guy's name is uh, Marshall Goldsmith. It's an incredible book. You should read it. <clears throat> um, he talks about the power of a sincere apology. 
a lot of people, you know, when they're confronted with something, whether a client is mad with them or a significant other is mad or a friendship or friend is mad, our first natural reaction, because we get defensive, is to be like, I'm sorry, but da, da, da. this is why this happened. It's beyond my control. Um, and a lot of times it, try, it it softens the blow for us when we can find something to blame it on. But what Marshall Goldsmith discusses is that your apology has carries way more weight and you're way more effective when you just own your mistake. I remember when I was first getting started with Leap, I had a client, and sorry, you guys, if I'm sounding a little stuffy because, I'm, like I said, I might be a little under the weather. I don't know. Um, but I remember first getting started with Leap. A client asked me to do something that was without a, that was outside of the scope of what I do. But I was at the point in my career where I'm like, I can't turn down any money. I need every penny that comes my way. So I'll do it and try to figure it out. And it was a disaster. Like, it was a disaster. And the client knew that it was a disaster. She was not happy. And she basically called me and she was like, what the, like, no, this is not okay. I'm not pleased. And I could have made excuses. I could have been like, well, you know, it would have been better, but da, 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 da. And I think that like, people come to you, you know, when there's an issue, people come to you ready to like, ready for you to be combative. They're expecting you to argue your way out of the issue. But I was like, you are exactly right. It is not satisfactory. I shouldn't have taken on this job. This is outside of the scope of what I did, but I thought that I could learn how to do it. Um, and so I just want to own it. And I, I sincerely apologize. Um, you know, we can work on, you know, a refund, whatever the case, but like, I just want you to know that I take full responsibility and I should not have taken on the, you know, taken on this job without knowing full well that I could do it to your expectations. So my apologies. And the mood of the conversation just took a whole turn. She was like, well, I mean, we can work with it. Like I I'll still pay you half, but let's just figure out a solution. I mean, when she first came to me with the issue, she was like, what are you doing? What was this? And by the end of it, it was like, okay, yeah, I mean, let's, let's work through it. What, let's see what the options are. You know, we'll take another 30 days and, you know, just try to figure it out. Um, but that just goes to show the power of an apology where you don't make excuses. You don't try to blame it on anything other than you. Um, and a lot of times there are, you know, things that do stop, you know, stop the process that, that do, uh, create the tension. Um, and so there's, there's a difference between just giving the reasons why something didn't work and making excuses and trying to shift blame. So I am, whenever I have to apologize, I make sure that I say, I accept full responsibility for my part and this going wrong. I, we, you know, we dropped the ball. I'm sorry. You know, I never make an excuse. Even if it's like something my teammate, team member did, I'm owning that. Totally sorry. We'll get it fixed. Like they don't need to know whose fault it was. They just need to know that I own it and I'm going to make it right. And so as we go through life, um, you know, we have these issues thrown our way. Try to always, as much as it might hurt, to accept responsibility, accept full responsibility, you'll be surprised how far a genuine apology followed by a solution um, 
changes things. Whenever I have an issue with a client or with anyone, a friend, whatever, I always address the problem, but then immediately go into what's the solution. Because that's all that matters at this point. Like I can apologize that I'm blue in the face. You can yell at me till you're blue in the face, but unless we have a solution, then this conversation is pointless. Um, and so learn how to apologize correctly. I promise you it'll change your life. Um, <clears throat> next, we have a couple more. Um, keep a North Star. I think a lot of times we have so many ideas of what we want to do and what our business can do and what our, you know, whatever project we're working on, we have so many ideas of like what it could be. And I mean, it's exciting when like the possibilities are endless. I mean, there's nothing more fulfilling than knowing that like you can do whatever you want to do in this business or whatever can take a life of its own. But it's important that you keep a North Star. Remember your why. If you started a podcast, why did you start this podcast? What is the message you want to give across? Everything you do should point to that. Um, for me and for the fun employed, you know, there, this can be a lot of things I've seen other people. I'm not the only one that uses the term fun employed. And so, you know, I don't compare myself to anyone else doing, you know, whatever they're doing when it comes to using fun employed or referring to themselves as fun employed or whatever the case, I know what I am doing and why I'm doing it. Um, and it just so happens to be different from what other people are doing. And even if it wasn't, that's not (laughs) my business. Um, I just know why I do what I do because I believe that so many of us have the power to shape our lives in a, in a meaningful way. And I never want us to lose sight of that power that we have. And so I'm here to encourage people to provide resources, to make connections, to host events, to, you know, share everything that I learn, lift as I climb, like that's my North star. And so no matter whether I am hosting a dance party or whether I'm hosting a dinner party or whether, no matter what we're doing, decorating my tree, whatever, like, I'm making sure that I'm my mission stays the same, that the the purpose behind what I'm doing is the same. Um, and so everything points to my North Star. I mean, even down to Instagram captions, it all has to fall in line with what I truly believe I want this to be. And so think about, you know, even in love and relationships and friendships, you know, what do, what do you want out of it? What's your why? Do you want a healthy relationship because you want to break down, you know, generational curses and things like that? And you want to really start, um, you want to build a life that's healthy and build a love that's healthy, whether it's that or whether you want to, you know, um, you know, you want to improve friendships because you want to break down stereotypes of what people know women friendships to be you know, that's your North Star. And so everything you do should be serving your purpose. And so just always remember to keep a North Star. And so I do that with all, with everything. Every aspect of my life has a North Star. Um, And so it allows me to have intentional check-ins with myself on, okay, am I on track? Is this in line with what I said I wanted to do? Is this in line with who I say I am? Um, And so as long as the answer is yes, then you're in the right direction and you can keep moving on, uh, keep moving forward and, and really having an impact. Um, next one, be a lifelong learner. I think it is so important because honestly, I don't remember a lot of the stuff, most of the stuff I learned in college. Um, 
it's important that you never stop looking for opportunities to learn. Whether you're learning from people, you're taking workshops, you're reading books, you're attending seminars or conferences, always look for opportunities to grow. Not only will you meet people, but you will really expand your um just what you know like there's just so many random facts that like so many people know of just and it just fascinates me that people just know like this like random trivia and these random facts it's like I love that and so I think that for me I'm always like what can I what can I watch that's different what's what's going to teach me something new um what kind of conversation can I have with this random person that I've never thought I'd otherwise meet and connect with um just always be hungry to learn more and get better we went through this formal education thing, but I feel like school really starts now and it never, never ends. My mom, uh, who's my inspiration and she'll be on this podcast, uh, soon, but my mom is a lifelong learner. She just last year enrolled in, um, Yale Divinity School's Pastors and Medicine program, um, because she's a primary care physician, but she's also a minister. And so like, I wouldn't even think that that would be a curriculum, but she enrolled and she got in. And so I just, and, you know, seeing her, you know, at an age where she should have and did retire at one point and then decided that retirement was boring for her and a waste of her brain, decided to just jump into like a whole new career. Um, you know, that really just shows it's an inspiration to me because like, you never know where your life can turn and how it can flourish when you're just always hungry for more information. Um, and last, but certainly not least, because like I said, this is in no particular order. Um, the last thing that I learned in this decade, have the courage to walk away from what no longer serves you. We <clears throat> oftentimes get comfortable in dysfunction. Um, it might be all we know. And so that's what we are comfortable sitting in. Um, we can become used to unhappiness because unhappiness is all we know. And so we're afraid of moving on, whether it's moving on to another relationship, moving on to another job. Um, we're afraid of moving on because we don't know. Like a lot of people, it's easy in your mind to be like, well, at least I know what this could like what this entails. Like I know that I'm going to be miserable here. I know that there's, you know, I'm going to walk into this job every day. I know that I'm going to, you know, sit on this computer, spend the first hour of my day on Twitter and then like send in a couple emails and CC a few people so they think I'm doing work and then I'm going to do this and that and that. Like, and yeah, I'm miserable, but at least I know what this entails. Like if I leave, I don't know what's on the other side. Um, I think we are so afraid of the unknown that we're comfortable kind of just sitting in discomfort because it's what's known. And I really want us to get used to taking the leap and having the courage to just say, like, I don't know what the next chapter holds, but it's not this. And you will be surprised how your life will change when you just dare to be audacious enough to be like, I am not, I'm not doing this. Um, I deserve more. I'm entitled to more. And you are entitled to live a life you want to live. It's your life. Like it is your life. Why do you feel like you have to be indebted to something that makes you miserable? Um, 
whether it's in love, whether it's in friendship, whether it's in career, starting a new business, letting go of a business that you no longer feel passionate about, whatever the case, like have the courage to walk away in search of something better because something better always exists if you feel like you are not being served in the ways that you know you need to be served. And so um, I can only attest when it comes to um, my four major changes. Um, I can, I mean, even before that, you know, starting at Coastal Carolina freshman year, I ended up leaving and going to JMU. That no longer served me. Changing my majors no longer served me. Leaving, you know, not coming back to Richmond because I felt like it no longer served me at the time. Moving to New York. And then at that point, you know, New York no longer served me. And I moved back to Richmond. Um, and, constantly pivoting in life because something no longer served me and constantly being in search of something better, something more fulfilling, being in search of that joy that I know that I am entitled to have. Um, I think that's what really shapes your life and makes it worth living. And so um, going back to good old James Baldwin, you have to go the way your blood beats. If you don't live the only life you have, you won't live some other life. You won't live any life at all. So have the courage and take the leap. All right. So I hope those are helpful. Um, I know that, you know, there's probably so many more things that I've learned, but um, I did not want this to be a three-hour long podcast because I could talk all day. Um, So, yeah. So let me know what you guys think. Um, And, of course, I want you to share with me your biggest lessons. I think we all have something that can help each other. Um, And before I get out of here, of course, got to end with the win and the woe. Um, So my win of the week, I am cooking a lot these days. Um, And by these days, I mean this past week. Um, I usually don't cook my dinner and consists, and this is embarrassing enough, um, but if it's not Sunday dinner where my mom has cooked, um, my dinners usually consist of like puffy Cheetos or like just my classic fried egg sandwich that I eat, uh, fried egg and turkey, um, on a wheat pita bread, just something, just really sad. Um, and so I remembered that my friend Victoria got me Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. And so I cracked it open last week and I was like, I'm going to start cooking for myself. I'm tired of eating out. I'm tired of not eating at all. Um, let me just see what can happen. And so I made last week, I got the urge to make fried rice and, um, what was it? Sriracha honey shrimp. And so I just went to the grocery store, went to the deli, uh, went to the, yeah, the, whatever, whatever it's called, the seafood section. And I was like, let me just get a half pound of shrimp. It was $4. And I already had rice, I already had egg, I already had the like frozen vegetables. And I made this meal and it was delicious and cheap. And I felt really good. I felt really good about myself. Um, and then from Chrissy Teigen's cookbook, I made a really good salad. I actually made it again tonight. Um, had like some cranberries and goat cheese and red onion. And, um, I made some, I had some shrimp left over. So I, I sauteed the shrimp and it was just really good. And I made like a vinaigrette. So I'm happy. That's my win of the week that I'm finally feeling like a functioning adult who can cook for herself. And I don't have to be jealous of my friends who are on Instagram making full meals. Um, because now I know how to cook and I'm getting better at cooking every day. So, um, yeah, that's my win. Um, and then my woe of the week, um, 
so Christmas is next week, and I um, am failing on the gifts. Um, I'm really failing. I am dreading spending all the money. Um, I saw something on Twitter that was like, Christmas is really next week, and y'all's gifts are still at the store. And that was very triggering for me because my gifts are still at the store. Um, so, yeah. So, pray for me that I uh, actually get my life together and... and can um yeah I can get some gifts before next Wednesday I think is Christmas oh. all right you guys so that wraps up this episode um I may or may not pop in with another one before the end of the year just because I'm about to be I mean I'm still off and I have another 12 13 days until I have to go back to work maybe 14 15 I don't know but um, I want to just like pump out some more stuff for you guys. I love recording, um, even though it makes me nervous. So, um, yeah, I think I might do another end of the year, something related to end of the year or lessons or intentions or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, thank you all for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.